realm. Amen. I also spoke with you about the anchors that we needed to throw out. And we talked about that. And then Wednesday night, we came back and talked to you about God being a God of a breakthrough. How many of you need a breakthrough this morning? Amen. We are operating on the speed of a breakthrough. Amen. And God is beginning to do something in the spiritual realm. I don't know if you can feel it. I don't know if you can sense it. I don't know if you are understanding where you are. But I want to share with you, we've been preaching about this a long time. And uh, what God has spoken right recently is that he is about to break loose. And I believe that between here and the end of next year, we're going to see some wonderful things happen in the spiritual realm. Amen. Amen. Today I want to go with you to Acts chapter number 16. Also remember this morning that if you will and you have your tithe and offerings, make sure you lay them in the plate before you leave. We do not take up tithe and offerings here at the Lord Worship Center. That is your duty to bring them to God, to the altar. So we have you bring them to the altar. So don't miss that blessing. Let God bless you for that. Amen. Today God has a message on my heart and they kind of add to what we've been talking about. And we're going to pick it up in Acts chapter number 16, verse number 16. And if you have Acts 16 and 16 this morning, say amen. And the word of God says, and it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us, crying, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of the gains were gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the master place, marketplace, I'm sorry, unto the rulers, and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, everybody read that with me. And at midnight, say at midnight. At midnight, Paul and Silas did what? They prayed. And they sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. Anybody need your house saved here this morning? Amen. Amen. 
If you are, that's a promise for you. And it said, And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized. He and all his, all his straightway. Baptism at 12 o'clock at night. Boy, that's wonderful, isn't it? Amen. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. And when it was day, the master sent the sergeant, saying, Let those men go. And the keeper of the prison told this, saying to Saul, Paul, And magistrates having sent to let you go, now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said unto them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned, being Romans, and have cast us into prison. And now do they thrust us out privately? Or privily, nay, verily, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. And the servants, sergeants, told these words unto the magistrates, and they feared when they heard that they were Romans. And they came and besought them and brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city. And they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them and departed them. There's a lot, a lot, a lot in this one little reading that I've given to you this morning. Amen. I want you, if you will, turn with me to Psalm 119 and 62. Psalm 119 and 62. Psalm 119 and 62. I'll wait a few moments while you turn there to get that. Living Water Worship Center is a B.O.B. assembly. That means bring your own Bible. Because we use the Bible here in the church. Amen. If you have Psalms 119.62, say amen. And the word says, At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. When did all this occur with Paul and Silas? At midnight. I want you to look at your neighbor right beside of you and say, It's past midnight. Praise the Lord. The word midnight there is very important. I want to kind of give you a little bit of teaching before I give you the word that God has given me. On that, not only does it mean the middle of the night, not only does it mean the beginning of a brand new day and the ending of an old day, not only does it mean that, but in the Hebrew, when you really look at what that word actually means, it means that you're standing in the middle of two walls that divide you, two walls that need to be broken through. It means a midnight season of difficulties that is keeping you from being able to break through. It also means that there you're in a place of misfortune. It means not only that you're having something die out in your life that's had strength, that something brand new is coming in your life to bring some strength in your life. And it is a time in our life when there is a twisting going on, when a turning away or a turning unto something is happening in our life. Everyone say, I'm in midnight. So here as you see this, midnight is a period in your life where you find yourself in between two walls, like a prison cell, and you've got to break out. I want you to look at your neighbor right beside you and say, right now, I need two breakthroughs. How many of you know right now two things in your life right now that God needs to break through? Amen. All right, so I'm right on the key with that. Everybody look at somebody and say, God's going to break through for me today. Amen. I want you to look at that scripture there in Psalm 119.62. It said, at midnight, when I am standing in this time, when I'm in this period, when I need a breakthrough, when things are turning away from me and things are turning to me, when I'm going through a midnight season of difficulties, when I'm experiencing misfortune, I will rise and I will do what? What did he say there? He said, I will rise 
to give thanks unto thee because of your righteous judgments. Amen. That word rise means a rising and a standing tall. I want you to look at your neighbor here and say, you just can't stand up. You got to stand tall. Amen. This word in the Hebrew means a place that you rise up to and you become powerful. We may not be there yet, Thelma, but God has got a place for us to rise to where we can walk in the power of Almighty God. Amen. Living water needs to aspire in the next few months to rise up and get in this place to where God has the power that we need to break through in our midnight season with the church. Say amen. He says there that you, he will rise up in the middle of midnight, in the middle of my time when I'm standing in between two walls and I need a breakthrough when things are turning away from me and other things are turning to me, when I'm going through a season of midnight difficulties, when I'm experiencing misfortune after misfortune in my life, I am going to rise up and stand tall and get in the place where I can find the power of the living God. Someone say amen. Where do you find the power of the living God? He tells you right there in that scripture. He says, I will rise up at midnight to give thanks. Everybody hold out and say thanks. That word in the Hebrew is the word yada. Everybody hold out and say yada. Yada praise is when you are taking your hands and you are raising your hands up to the Lord. You see, it's just like a little baby when you're in a situation when that baby wants to be picked up. That baby will put his hands up like this right here and want mama to pick him up. And that baby will have a fit until mama reaches down and picks him up. God said the place of power is when you will raise up your hands and you'll look up to your Lord and you'll begin to give him some praise. I wonder here this morning, if you're in this place where everything's turning away from you, everything's turning to you, you're experiencing difficulty, you're experiencing misfortune, you're experiencing the midnight seasons of things that are going on in your life. I wonder this morning, do I have anybody here in this house today that can lift up your hands and praise the Lord for what's going on in your life right now? The Bible says in everything, give thanks unto the Lord. In everything, give praise unto the Lord. In everything, when everything's going good, lift your hands and praise the Lord. When everything's going bad, lift your hands and praise the Lord. When everybody's leaving you, lift your hands and praise the Lord. When doors are shut, lift your hands and praise the Lord. Not only does it mean that, but when you take things and you lift up your hands, you are literally throwing arrows at the enemy. So every time that you are in this type of situation, if you can muster up the strength in your will to say, I'm still going to praise the Lord regardless of what anybody says, does, or thinks, you are throwing arrows at the devil. And the devil knows if he can, if God can get you to the point to where you were determined that you're going to praise him regardless, hell won't know what to do with you. Amen. So he says, at midnight, I'm going to make up my mind that I'm going to rise up and I'm going to reach the place where I can find some power. And the way I find some power is I learned that I'm going to give thanks to God because I know no matter what's going on in my life right now, all things work together for the good of them that are the called that love the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I love the Lord and I'm called by the Lord. And it don't matter what hell tries to do in my life. Everything is going to work the good for me. Amen. He says there, I'm going to thank him for his righteous judgments. 
That word judgment in the Hebrew means a verdict that God has given in your life. A ruling that God has given in your life. How many of you right now need God to give a verdict in your life about some stuff? Amen. How many of you right now need to carry some things to the very tall courthouse up in heaven and go into the throne room of God and begin to let him know you need to make a ruling in this life. The devil's in my finances and you need to make a ruling in my finances. The devil's in my family and you need to make a ruling in my family. The devil's in my church and I don't want him there anymore anymore and you need to make a ruling in my church and there's devils in my family and in my marriage and I'm not going to tolerate it another day. Everybody holler out and say, Lord, I just need a ruling today in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. So that's the preface of what God wants us to look at this morning. And Paul and Silas had embarked on Paul's secondary or second missionary journey and he was going through the country of Syria and Sicily. And as he was going through there along the way, he picked up a fellow by the name of Timothy, and three went out to go minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as they went to go minister, they traveled through Galatia, and they wound up in Macedonia, and our text picks up this journey when they make it to Philippi. Here in Philippi, there had been a lady by the name of Lydia. Lydia had her heart opened up by the Lord. She had heard God as God spoke through these men, and she had given her heart to the Lord. She freely opened up her heart and received these men. And here in, in Philippi, this lady named Lydia, she had started attending and going out every day outside of the city, out there by a river, and says they were out there by the river, they would get together and pray. You see, out in that city, if they found you praying in the city, they would have killed just like they almost did Paul and Silas in this point. So I want to tell you, even though it looks a little dark here in Living Water Worship Center, it looks a little dark in the United States of America. It ain't as dark as it was back in Philippi because we still have a house that we can come in and we can pray in. Amen. So it was here in this place beside the riverside that the believers began to get together and they would pray. And let me share with you something. Prayer always will get the attention of the enemy. Amen. If we got a church here that'll pray, the enemy will literally ratchet up his attack. Amen. Because you see, prayer is a military weapon against Satan's kingdom. How many of you here this morning knows how to pray? Amen. How many have been a praying? Amen. How many going to keep right on praying? Amen. Prayer is a military weapon against the kingdom of, of Satan. And if Satan can hinder your prayer, he knows if he can come in and hinder your prayer life that he can hinder your works. He knows if he can come in and he can stop you from praying that he can stop what God wants to get done. So what he tries to do is he looks around and he tries to find a church that's been praying. Amen. Living Water Worship Center right recently has been praying. They've been praying a whole lot. We've been having these women come out here and they meet on Thursday and they pray down the kingdom of Almighty God and they pray against the kingdom of hell. And we've been praying. We've been having every one of you here to fast a little bit and to take communion a little bit and to pray a little bit more. The devil don't like to hear that because he knows that it is those weapons that you use against him that have caused God to elevate you to a place of power. So in that power, you can overtake what he is trying to do. So Satan will attack a church that is praying. Amen. So if you've been feeling the devil turn up his heat right lately, it's because this church has been praying for you. Amen. Don't you just look at some of these women that's been praying. Find them over here. Thelma's one. Jackie's another. And Tina's one. Janice is one of them. Other. Look at them and say, thank you for praying for me. Amen. So he tries to hinder your prayer. 
And especially when folks start to come together, he begins to come in to hinder prayer by causing a disturbance. How many of you are noticing right now when the Spirit of God gets to moving in Living Water Worship Center, all types of disturbance starts to happen. Amen. Amen. Everybody got to run to the bathroom. Everybody got to run outside. Or everybody or the babies go to cry. Or the children go to screaming or hollering. That's not anything unusual. I'm not against that. There, that there happens as part of church. But I want to share with you what's happening is the devil at that point knows that you're right at the breakthrough moment and you're about to step across the threshold and if he can get your focus off of what is going on at that moment and focus on that child screaming and hollering or you can focus on someone getting up walking out of the church or that cell phone goes to ring where you got to grab it I want to tell you I want to see living water reach a level where the little cell phone is cut off and put into their, 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 their pocketbook so that they're not worried about it for about an hour and a half you know we used to not even have a cell phone and we'd come to the church and I believe that we need to put our total 100% attention on God so that God can do what he wants to do. Because right at that moment, Thelma, that we're about to experience a breakthrough, here comes the enemy to cause a disturbance. Amen. So the way that he breaks up our prayer, the, re- the way that he comes against us and he attacks us is by causing some type of disturbance and causes things to get our focus off of Jesus. But look at your neighbor right beside me and say, regardless, I'm going to have my breakthrough. Amen. So today we're going to witness what happens when the kingdom of darkness comes against the kingdom of light. We're going to witness what happens when these two kingdoms come in and clash. I want you to know that we are clashing against the kingdom of hell right now in the name of Jesus Christ here in Living Water Worship Center. We've been fighting against the kingdom of hell for over 20 years in this place. And I want you to know that the power of Almighty God is already prevalent and it's already here. And in the end, the power of God is going to break through. And I want you to know right now, regardless of what hell tries to do, there's still a powerful place in God. And if you'll make up your mind that it don't matter how dark it looks out there, you still going to lift up your hands and you're going to praise the Lord and you're going to thank him for his verdict and tell him I give you praise in advance for ruling in my favor. Hell won't know what to do with you. I want you to just push that neighbor right beside him and say God has ruled in your favor this morning. Amen. So we're going to see what happens when not only kingdoms come together and clash, but we're going to find out what happens when the slaves of Satan began to clash against the slaves of Jesus Christ. I want you to look at your neighbor here this morning and say, I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. Now, much like today, as I began to lay my foundation for this message, these folks were meeting and praying for revival. Do you realize that there's a lot of people that are praying for revival in the church of God right now? They might be doing it silently. They might be doing it on part-time. They might be doing it online. But I want to share with you, just go online, do a little search, and see how many people are praying for revival. God is beginning to move in the people's hearts that his children, to get them to come together in unity because we know without a shadow of a doubt that the only way that the United States of America is going to change is for God to show up on the scene and touch something. Amen? The only way God is going to change your family is for God to show back up in your family. The only way he's going to change living waters for God to be able to show up and manifest his power and his glory and God says I'm about to show up in my glory and I'm going to show the world just how powerful I am amen so much like today folks are looking for a revival and out in the world much like these people were doing at the same time they were looking for advice from the future 
fortune tellers at this time, back in Paul and Silas's day, they were very valuable. They were one of the best uh, industries that there was out there. People made more money in the fortune telling business back in that time than they did in any other business. And how many of you want to know what the number two industry is in the world right now today? How many want to know that? It is the psychics that are reading and telling people what's going to happen in the future. There are a lot of people right now that are seeking advice for the future. I want you to know in living water, we don't have to go look to the stars. We can look to the very one who made those stars. We don't have to look to our horoscope. We can look at the one to put them stars into existence. Thank God that we've got a God that knows everything about everything. And we don't have to go to a medium to find out what God says. We can go right into his very throne room and we can make our needs known. We can ask him for a ruling in our favor in his courtroom. And as we do that, God will show out for us. I want you to look at your neighbor this morning. I'm hoping I can pump it in you and look at him and say, I'm going to get my breakthrough this morning in the name of Jesus. What happened here is that fortune telling had reached to such a level that no commander of an army, no emperor would launch out on a campaign militarily and no emperor would give any type of decree that was imported without first going to the oracle of the day and asking them for advice. I wish that Christian people felt more like that today, that uh, just kind of flipping around a little bit, that we wouldn't go out and launch any military campaign. We wouldn't go out and make any decree without coming into the throne room of God first and asking God what his thoughts is about that situation. Amen. We have a lot of people out in the world today that are looking for advice in the future. I'm telling you, everybody has a desire to have eternity revealed unto us. The Bible says God put it in our hearts and there are things about God we're never going to be able to find out without going to Him. Eternity's inside of you. The future is on the inside of you. And it is only natural for you to desire to know what's going to happen tomorrow. Amen. But verse 16 in Acts chapter number 16 tells us that it was at prayer when there was a supernatural encounter that ensued. I believe that the Spirit will begin to show up in the houses of God that become the house of prayer. Many of our churches right now have become the house of praise. A lot of our churches right now have become the house of music. A lot of churches right now have become the house of events and meetings and, and things for children and functions. But I believe that God is looking for a house in his kingdom right now that he can label as the house of prayer. And if he can label it as the house of prayer, we're going to start seeing some spiritual encounters in the kingdom of Almighty God. Amen. And here they were out praying by the riverside. And all of a sudden, this spirit called Python, a spirit of divination, came upon this girl. And this spirit is a unique spirit. Anybody ever seen a spirit of Python in work? How many has ever seen a ventriloquist? That's the spirit of Python. While you're standing here, they can throw their voice to make you think that he's coming from being over here. That's why this girl, as she was under the evidence of this demon, she was following along in the crowd, and they would hear a screech and a groaning voice that sounded different than what her voice was. How many have ever looked at Jeff Dunning and watched him as a ventriloquist on television? He's got all these little characters, and he can change his voice, and it don't sound like Jeff Dunning, does it? 
but as he's talking, his, his lips does not move, but the voice seems like it's coming from somebody else. So that's why it was for days as they were out preaching the gospel, as they were going to prayer meeting, this girl was showing up in prayer meeting, and as she was sitting there, it didn't look like she was doing anything, but as she began to speak, that she, she sounded like it was coming from someone else, and she would say, these men are here to deliver to you a way of salvation. And at first, it sounded like that God was speaking over the congregation. But after a while, it began to get out of order. How many of you realize when the devil's in a house, things are out of order? Amen. It began to get out of order. And every time that Paul would say something, every time that Silas would say something, she would rise up and she'd say, these men are called by God to give you and show you a way of salvation. And it began to disturb people's focus and they wouldn't get anywhere. When things are disturbed and we don't confront it, the church don't go anywhere. Amen. In your life, if things are disturbed and messed up in your life by spirits like this, if you don't challenge it, you ain't going anywhere. Amen. So she would start putting on a show. And what she would do, even when she, when she wanted that, that, that type of attention, she would put on a show and she would begin to foam at the mouth. She would convulse and she would begin to tremble and make noises. She would gnash at her teeth and she would shake and tremble as the foam rolled out of her mouth. And she would act like she had just totally went mad and she was possessed with this particular devil. And the word describing this possession means that she brought on by an inducement of drug activity. So when she got high, listen to me, church, when she got high, she would get in the influence of this devil. That's why you don't need no outside stimuli to come in and mess up with your brain because those drugs, those alcohol, that is activity of a demonic spirit. Can someone say amen? It is called a spirit of bondage in your life. When it grabs a hold of you, it changes your thought process. It changes your focus. And when it does that, there you cannot progress in your life. If you're fighting against that devil this morning, I want you to know there is a power here this morning, whether you receive it or not, that will deliver you from that bondage and will deliver you from that situation and you have just walked into a house of prayer that knows how to touch the throne room of Almighty God that can look that devil right in the eye and say loose him in the name of Jesus and it will be loose. Can the church say amen on that? So smile at your neighbor right beside him and say I'm going to get my breakthrough today. Amen. In verse number 17 I want you to look at that. That word crying out there is a Greek word crazo where we get the word crazy. How many people realize we got some crazy people in the church right now? Amen. It's where we get things crazy. How many would agree with me that in the church there's a lot of crazy stuff going on right now? Amen. But let me tell with you, share with you what happens. When the gospel begins to come into the house of God and when the gospel is beginning to be preached, it will shake up those people that are unsaved. You will see the devil begin to show up and act out. And when we pray, God will begin to do some earth-shaking things that will shake some things and change some things that we cannot change on our own. He will begin to cause all to know that it is still by prayer that we can get a hold of God and find Him. Amen? So this morning, God is wanting to live in the Worship Center to become a house of prayer. I believe the same thing is happening today in our church and in our nation. I believe that God is beginning to shake some things out in the world. Would the church say amen? How do I know that? Well, just look around. Homes are torn completely apart. Amen? We got an absence of fathers in several different communities. 
families that don't even have their daddy in the house anymore. Not only just in the white culture, in the African-American culture, in the Filipino culture, in the Latino culture, all of that, homes are totally torn all apart. Look at people's lives are out there in shambles right now. Children are left homeless and they're left hopeless in their life. Diseases seem to be running rampant in our life. And how many of you already know on the news, all you got to do is flip it on and you'll see that sky crime is skyrocketing all across the world. Amen? But let me share another thing with you. Suicide has increased 235% in the last year. The devil's trying to take us out before God will break us through. Amen. Amen. Smile your neighbor here today though and say, I'm going to get my breakthrough in the name of Jesus. I believe, Jackie, that we are living in the darkest hours of our lives. Folks are finding themselves bound up in chains. People today, churches today, nations today, we're finding ourselves in chains of bondage. We're finding ourselves in chains of death. We're finding ourselves held in bondage by the chains of poverty. We're finding ourselves held down in chains and the stocks of the enemy. Not only are millions living daily in a spiritual prison, we're living chained up by the enemy himself. I am tired of the devil's chains. If you're tired of the devil's chains this morning, say amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm tired of the devil's chains. Amen. I believe we are living in a season in America that we can call midnight. I believe we're at the darkest hour that we've ever been. We've been divided by race. We've been divided by culture. We've been divided by class. We've been divided by denominationalism. We've been divided in the church. We've been divided everywhere. Right now, this moment, we have the most segregated hour of the world's period in history going on right now. The African Americans are going to their church and the white people are going to their church and the Latinos are going to their church and the Asians are going to their church. Nobody's coming together. That's why I love Living Water Worship Center because we're an interracial, interdenominational assembly that comes in and knows that God said everybody is equal. It don't matter if you're married to a white woman, a black woman, a green woman, a yellow woman. God can still use you. God can still touch you. God can still break through in your life. I want you to know right now everybody's created equal in the name of Jesus Christ and although hell tries to break us up racially. Let me share the news right straight from the heavenly chronicle up in heaven. God said I made one man and out of one man came all and you got my blood in you and I got your blood in me and we need to realize you got just as much white dirt in me in you as I got in me and I got just as much black dirt in you as you got in you and if you don't believe it come up here and look at this here shirt when I get finished and you'll see a bunch of black dirt that come out of getting out this morning. God is wanting the church to begin to come together and unity and stand up and reject and, and stand against this very racial division and all this stuff that's happening because that's how the devil causes us to kill each other. That's why the devil causes this man up in Maine this week to kill and shoot some 31 people. God is wanting his church to bring life back to the United States of America. I want you to look at your neighbor and look at them. I want you to find somebody of a different color, a different culture and say, I'm just as equal as you and you're just as equal as I am. What I got from God you can 
get from God, we can move forward. Ain't nobody any very higher than anybody else. My God said that at the very foot of the cross is level, and anybody can come into the throne room. The only requirement that you got to come to God is to have a will and be desired to be in His presence. And the church is going to come back together, and living water is going to be that precedent in this racial area in North Carolina to bring back the races together and realize that God can still use everybody together. Amen. I can listen to a black man preach and you can listen to a white man preach. We can still come together and fight hell because God said we're going to get a breakthrough. Amen. I don't know if you felt it right there, but we just had a breakthrough. Amen. Look at somebody say, we just had a breakthrough in the name of Jesus. You see, the devil don't like to hear that. When God begins to realize that the love of the Holy Ghost is shed abroad in our hearts and the devil begins to realize we're going to use it, that's when hell begins to say, oh, shucks, I just messed up their living water. God just broke through in this house and now unity is coming forward and we're going to see God move. Amen. Give God a good hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. If ever we need the prison houses of hell to be shaken and the doors to be open, we need it right now. If ever in this life we need God to break every chain of hell's bondage on our life, we need it today. This week, I heard in the Spirit some of your prayers. I was praying. I said, Lord, I said, share with me what some of my people are praying. And every time I do that, God does that. He shares with me. And I heard some people praying, God, please heal my marriage. I'm not going to ask you if that's you. It's just going to touch you this morning because God has touched you through this word this morning. I heard some others say, God, how in the world am I going to pay for this? I heard others say, God, why is the doctor's report what it is? I heard others say, God, please save my son. God, please save my daughter. And I heard also people praying, God, I need a breakthrough. I heard some of those things. I've seen you do it once. And I've seen you do it one time in my life, and I want to see you do it again. If I have preached to you this morning, and God has just revealed to you that he has spoke to you, and he has shared your prayer to your pastor, let the church say amen. amen. You see, there, God's right on time all the time, and amen. amen. So I need you to make a way. Where there is no way. I've heard that too as well. I hear that in the spirit. And I want you to know God has heard your prayer. There is a miracle in the making for you. God has heard your prayer. There's no need for your faith to be worn down. There's no need for you to have to worry anymore. God said if you'll press through and grab a hold of his presence. When you do so immediately everything is going to change. Your miracle is on the way. Can the church give God some praise this morning for that? Amen. But you know what in my life. is I really speak to you this morning it don't matter sometimes how many scriptures I can come up with and I can rememberize or rememberize as my wife calls it it doesn't matter how many times I quote them I know sometimes it's really hard to take those scriptures and make it a natural testimony my Bible tells me I am always more than a conqueror but there's sometimes I get whipped my Bible tells me that God goes before me and he fights me and I don't have to lose and I'm not supposed to lose. But sometimes I lose. I can't make it a natural testimony. Sometimes 
I wind up getting stuck in the moment. Sometimes in my life, I just can't seem to break free. Sometimes in some things that I fight against in my life, I can't overcome. I try with all my might to do so, and I wind up getting frustrated, and sometimes I give up. How many am I talking to this morning? Amen. Now, I don't want you to judge me this morning. I don't want you to judge me, but I know what it feels like to live in chains. Living in chains is not easy. When you are held, held in bondage by a chain of a habit, it's not easy. You don't like it. You don't like it. You don't want to be a part of it. You want to be able to walk away from it. You want to be able to throw it down and say, that's it. That's it. No more, no more. But there's a chain that holds on to you. God allowed a chain to hold on to Paul so that Paul would remain faithful. And I'm not talking about that this morning. There are some things in our life that God will allow us to fight each and every day because we're going to have to learn how to be dependent on God. But I want to share with you here today, God still has the power to break every chain that there is in your life. So don't judge me this morning because I, as your pastor, still have some chains that I got to break off of me. Amen? Amen. We don't like to look at those chains. We don't like to see what those chains have done because they're not comfortable in our life. Every time we bring up those chains, every time someone brings up those chains in our life, it brings a sense of uncomfortableness in our life. We all love to be comfortable. Won't you just ask your neighbor right beside you, don't you like to be comfortable? Most of y'all today, when y'all leave from here, you're going home, you're going to take these nice clothes off, you're going to hang them back up on a hanger, or you're going to put them in the dry cleaner pile, and you're going to walk right into your house, and you're going to sit there in your recliner and throw your feet up, and you're going to sit there, and you're going to be comfortable for the rest of the day. Amen. And if anybody showed up at your house trying to, 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 to take your time away from your comfortableness, some of us might even get angry about it. After all, it's Sunday. It's the day when I'm supposed to be off, and I'm supposed to be at rest. Amen. So don't judge me if I still got some chains I have to deal with. Amen. But we have to look at these chains because these chains are a reality in the spiritual world. Satan wants you always in your life to be his hostage. He wants to hold something on to you in your life that he can keep you hostage with. I just want to ask you here this morning. We're, we're one together here this morning with the church. Say amen. amen. We're not going to look at people raising their hand after I ask this question and start throwing stones at them, are we? Would you say amen? amen. We're going to look at what happens here next as I ask this question in love and know what we're going to have to pray for. How many of you here this morning has habits or problems that right now this minute you don't want in your life, but you still got them? Amen. Look at here, look at here, look at here. I'm telling you, how many of you really need to be free right now and you want to be free, but you ain't learned how to get free yet, amen? amen? Nobody wants to be here right now. Nobody wants to be bound by these chains. Nobody wants to have to move like this. Nobody wants to be able to, to have to live like this. Nobody wants to hold, have be held down by these chains and these things. But I want you to know right now, Jesus can still work with this man because he has some chains in his life. And if you got chains in your life, don't you realize, don't you step back there and don't feel like that you can't be used by God. God can still use you even with some of those chains in your life. Amen. 
He can still work in a system that has some chains in it. And I just want to praise him this morning that he's worked with this guy for 57 years and I still got chains in my life. But thank God, God said, when I pass over you and the times of refreshing, I'll blot out your transgression. I'll use you even though you're not perfect. I want you to know this morning, if there are chains in your life and you need to break free of them this morning, you can break free of them this morning. But don't you let the devil hold you hostage because you still haven't received the mercy and the grace of the kingdom of God in your life to be completely 100% set free. You're just as equal at the foot of the cross as your pastor is. Let the church say amen. I'm preaching a whole lot harder and better than some of y'all talking this morning. Amen. Smile at your neighbor right beside him and say, I'm going to have my breakthrough this morning. Amen. So I pray this morning that Jesus is going to free us from the chains of this bondage. I want him to free us from all these chains that we can see. I can look at every one of you's life and I can see some of the chains that you have in your life. You can look at mine and you can see that I still have chains in my life. My wife, I tell you in a heartbeat, this, is, this man right here can go from one pole to the next in just a few seconds. I still have to fight against my temper. And when I fight up against my temper, my, my voice gets louder than what I is right now with this microphone, amen? I can raise the dead when I get angry, amen? There's a difference between anger and wrath. You can release anger without having wrath. Wrath is when you say, I'm going to get even with what I've done, amen? I want you to understand, I pray Jesus is going to free us from all these chains we can see. But tell me, there's a lot of chains in this house right now we can't see. There's a lot of chains that's holding Katrina, that's holding Eva, that's holding Kip, that's holding Mim, that's holding Rose, that we don't have any inkling of what they are. And God is wanting to get to those unseen chains this morning. Amen. Now, Paul and Silas had went in and they had preached the word of God and they had destroyed an industry. And because of that, they were whipped in the street and they were almost killed there in the street. And then they were carried and put in prison. Not only were they in prison, they were also carried into the inner prison. They were in a prison where they didn't even have a window to look out. They were deep down in the dungeon. And not only that, they had their hands put up against the wall, spread out like this. And then they had their feet put in stocks where they were lifted up off of the ground and there was a board in between their legs and they were just standing there like they were on a cross and they couldn't move. See, the devil wants to get you isolated. The devil wants to get you immobile and the devil wants to get you in prison. But my God said, I can break down the doors of the prison. I can break the chains that's holding you immobile and I can break the very avenue in your life that's causing things to get you isolated. And God is bringing some isolated, some immobile people and some imprison people out of that prison this morning and live in Word of Worship Center and if you receive that this morning give God a good hand clap of praise. Amen. There they are in the middle of that prison immobile imprisoned isolated and what did they do? Then did they start saying look at what's happened to us. Oh I could just picture if it was one of y'all with me in that prison you'd probably look at me and say look what you've done to me. If you hadn't have told us to go over here, we wouldn't be here. How do I know that? Because, Lord, I can say one little thing behind this pulpit, boys. It's, it's repeated for weeks and months and months and months and months. Boy, if you got in a situation like that with me, you wouldn't let me forgive yourself. Would you? you wouldn't even let me. You'd say, it's all your fault. 
How many's ever heard that before? I tell you what, we love to blame everybody else for everything that's happening in our life. But thank be to God that Paul and Silas knew the scripture in Psalm 119.62. This is in the middle of my darkest night, I will give praise and thanks unto my God because I know he's going to rule in my life in my favor. I don't know about you, but I want to share with you this morning. It does not matter what hell has been doing in your life. It does not matter what hell has been doing in your marriage. It does not matter what hell has been doing in your finances. It does not matter what hell is doing in the United States of America. If we will determine in our life right now in this dark hour that we are going to give thanks unto God and call God down to make a verdict in our life. You will see your life turn around and a breakthrough will happen in your life right now. Amen. Tap that beside and say get ready for your breakthrough this morning. I know it's difficult. I know it's difficult in your life to live with chains. But there is something about to happen in your life that I can't explain. There's something that is about to happen in your life that the world cannot explain. There is a moment of time that's coming in your life that the Bible calls suddenly. Everybody here say suddenly. Oh no, say suddenly. Say it like you mean it. Amen. I know it's difficult because the idea of having change and preaching with change on it is uncomfortable. I know that living with change in your life is really hard to do that there, but I want you to look at your neighbor right beside and say, God said suddenly. Amen. At midnight, Paul and Silas, they were praying and they were singing and they were praising, praising and singing hymns unto God. And the prisoners were sitting there listening to them. And I could just imagine what them prisoners were thinking. Look at them nuts over yonder. They ain't no better than we are. They've been beat up. Look how bad they look. They're bleeding. They're tore all to pieces. They can't move. They sit there and they can't move their hands. They can't move their feet. And here they are singing praise to the Lord. Let me share with you something. Everybody look at me. It don't matter if the devil's got you in a place where you can't use your hands. It don't matter if the devil puts you in prison where you can't move and you can't use your foot and feet, feet to do what God wants you to do. There's one thing that the devil will never take away from you. Hear me and hear me well. He will not take away from you your will and he will not take away from you your mouth. And if you can lift up your mouth and you can speak and you can determine what you're going to do, you can sing praises unto God in the darkest hour of your life and things will turn around. The next time that ever an argument breaks out in your house, go into your back room and shut your room and turn up the music and begin to sing to the Lord and praise Him and have your little bit of church right there and you'll see that devil leave that house in the name of Jesus. How do I know that? My mama used to do it. She used to get out there in the back room and she'd turn on some music or she'd just go to prayer and she'd start speaking in tongues and when she starts speaking in tongues, Daddy would hit the door. He would run Mitchell from the door. He would do it out of the door. Darling would run. And after a while, I'd go back in the house and I'd dip inside and I'd say, Mama, Oh, you think all right. Amen. We need some church at the house every now and again. Amen. It touched my heart yesterday afternoon. I come back home and Tina was sitting there, and it was Friday afternoon, I believe. And Tina had her little mobile unit going on. What is it out there? It's Lexi unit. It was loud as it could be in our little house there. It just reverberating all over. And I walked through the door, and she was just sitting there, just praising the Lord, just praising the Lord, just praising the Lord. You see, that's what we got to do. She got that ground level in the house, and she run that devil out before he could ever get a hold of me. And I want you to know that's what we need in the church today. We need some people to show up in the house and the very get ready in the house of God long before church ever starts and start praising the Lord and get happy in the Lord and run that devil out of the house of God because the house of God is supposed to be a hospital for those people that are oh my God I feel the Holy Ghost and we need it in this house God is bringing a breakthrough in the house amen 
push that beside and say it's time for my breakthrough in the name of Jesus. They began to sing and they began to pray and the very foundation of the prison began to shake and immediately all the doors were opened up of the prison and every one of the chains came breaking off. I believe, Darlene, if we'll start getting in this house and we'll start praising the Lord like we know we're supposed to praise the Lord and it don't matter what it looks like, it don't matter what hell has tried to do, if we'll come in here and we'll thank God because we know when God gives a verdict for His children that hell has got to pay attention to what thus saith Almighty God. When we do that there, everybody will hear what thus saith Almighty God and everybody's chains will break off of them and every door that hell has tried to close in our life will be opened back up by the power of the Holy Ghost and victory and miracles will be ours. Can the church say amen? Everybody hold out and say everyone. I don't mean to make you uncomfortable but this morning I need God to break free. I need God to come in. I need the God of a breakthrough in my life. Is there anybody here that needs a breakthrough this morning? So the first key to knowing you need a breakthrough is you must acknowledge that there's something that's holding you hostage. Can I say that again? The first thing that you have got to do if you want a breakthrough is you've got to acknowledge that there is something holding you hostage. Is it love that's holding you hostage? Is it the lust of your flesh that's holding you hostage? Is it that pill that's holding you hostage? Is it that 12-ounce can of beer that's holding you hostage? Is it that three-and-a-half-inch joint of marijuana that's holding you hostage? Is it your children that's holding you hostage? Is it your church that's holding you hostage? Tina was telling us about Philip Yancey, and she was talking about Philip Yancey being raised up in the fundamental Baptist, and he began to write in his book just how much damage it had done to him in his life and how he had come out of it. There are things that has happened in your life that is holding you hostage. How many of you here this morning would say, I've been hostage by the devil, but I'm coming free this morning, amen? You see, the enemy can easily sneak in and set up places of bondage and constantly remind you of the worst person that you are yourself. God said that you are made perfect in the blood of Jesus Christ. He said you are justified. Everybody hold on say, I'm justified. That word means that God treats you just like you have never sinned. Just if I have never sinned, God treats you that way. He said you are perfect and you are holy and God has given you everything that you need to have in your life to live a life of holiness and you are deserving to have God move in your life because you've accepted the cross, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and he dwells on the inside of you. The devil, however, wants to remind you of just how bad a person you actually are. Amen. He wants to tell you every day, you got a temper. He'll remind you. He'll get on your wife and tell your wife to tell you that you got a temper. I know it's happened. It's happened with me and Tina before. I got a temper. I know that. Kip Nance has a temper. But Kip Nance, bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ, is perfect in the eyes of Almighty God. And when Kip Nance acts like Kip Nance, Kip Nance has got a problem. He's held hostage in life. How many of you here this morning tired of being a hostage? Would you say amen? amen? You see, God puts things right together. Hamas over there right now has got people held down in the hostage right now. But my God says that he sent the angels of Almighty God. He sent them armed to the teeth with the spirit for weapons that we need in our life. And God is going to resurrect and set his people free from the hostage taken of the enemy. And the church shout out and say amen. And what's going to happen to you in your life, if you don't get something in your life, if you ain't got something in your life that's been holding you back 
hostage, that's been holding you in bondage, then you're not human. And it's time to deal with it. Tell your neighbor right beside say it's time to deal with it. You see, the way you get you deal with it is you quit trying to fix the problem. You quit trying to run to these dry houses to dry you out. You come to the ultimate dry house that can dry you out. You bring it to Jesus and you lay it at the altar with Jesus. Amen. And when you bring it to Jesus, you lay it at the altar, you get free from Jesus. Now, I want to share with you, there might be some things in your life that the Lord's going to have to work with you on for years. But when you give it to Jesus, when it's time for you to receive the mercy that God wants you to receive in your life, you will be set free. Look at your neighbor right beside of you and say, I'm going to get my breakthrough this morning. Amen. Now, many of us have been held hostage and I can look at you. I can pay attention to you. And you look just about like Paul and Silas. You look like you have been beaten relentlessly. It's hard live to even get some people to smile. Can I talk to you this morning? Amen. It's hard to get people to put their hands together and praise the Lord. Amen. You see, what happens in life is there are some people in the world today, Brother Jerry, they would rather stay in bondage than to hear the word of God. There's some people that want you to feel sorry for them because of what they're going through. They still want to be a patient. They still want to be a victim. But I want to talk to some people that's tired of the nurses coming around and telling, saying to you, oh, pitiful little old you. I want to hear some people that is tired of the devil going in their life and holding them high. I want to hear some people in living water worship center say, I'm done with that mess from hell and I'm giving it to Jesus and I'm walking out of this thing free by the power of Almighty God. Amen. So this morning, how many of you here this morning want to hear the word of God in your life? Amen. These people beat him. They beat him to death. And it was midnight. And they were not only put in prison. They were in the inner prison. And they were in stocks. They were in prison. They were isolated. And they were immobile. And Satan wanted to take them and put them in prison because prison cuts you off. When you're in prison, you are cut off from reality. You are cut off. He wants to imprison you not only in a prison. In this world, he wants to imprison you in your mind because you're cut off in your mind. He wants you to constantly rehearse everything that you do wrong. He'll come to you and say, yeah, you lost your temper with your wife yesterday. Yeah, you said something you shouldn't have said. Look at you. You're a preacher and you acting like that. You see, I deal with it too. You deal with it too. The devil wants to hold you hostage in your mind. He always wants to tell you all about the things you do wrong. Amen. He also wants to remind you about all your failures. Well, I ain't going to get married again because I've already went through two divorces. And if I come to get another one, then it ain't going to be nothing but another divorce. And Lord, have mercy, I'm too old now. He's going to show up with a bunch of bondage and a bunch of baggage. And I'm going to have a bunch of baggage. And you're going to live by yourself. So God said it ain't good for you to be alone. Oh, hear me now. So it ain't good for you to be alone. God wants you to continually, listen to me, church. He wants you to continually be free from where you are. But the devil is going to tell you about all your failures. Oh, some people ain't receiving that this morning. But I'm going to preach to you. Satan wants you to keep you so isolated that you won't go out on a date. He wants to keep you so isolated you won't come out of your house. He wants to keep you so isolated you won't come to church. He wants to keep you isolated. And Paul and Silas, they were in a situation and they were put in a place and they didn't even have a window to look out into the world. 
And boy, just like I said, if a bunch of y'all were in that situation with me, you know what would happen? You'd say, Kit Nash, you put me here. <laughs> Satan wants to keep you immobile. He wants to stop you from progressing. I want to know this morning as I, I'm trying to hurry and finish, I want you to look at somebody and say, how do you, do you, do you know how it feels like to be stuck? How many here this morning knows what it feels like to be stuck? You see, we get excited when we hear the message about a breakthrough, but you can't break through if you ain't in bondage. How many would agree with me this morning, living water needs a breakthrough? Well, then that would, you would have to agree with the message that living water is in bondage. So the Bible says when we come together, we confess our faults one to another. Let the church say amen. So let's confess it. Say living water has been in bondage, but we're going to have a breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Amen. Satan wants to keep living water immobile. Satan wants to keep living water in prison. So let's, Satan wants to kick us into the inner prison. He wants to cut us off from the world. He wants to cut us off from the spiritual reality of the kingdom of heaven. But I've got news for the devil right now. It don't matter how in the world it looks out there. It does not matter how dark it is. If we were determined in our life that we're still going to praise the Lord and lift our hands and let everybody see our worship and hear our worship, God will rule in our favor and he will break the prison down in our life. The foundations will be destroyed, and every door in our very that's holding us back will be opened up, and everybody around us chains will drop off of us in the name of Jesus. I've given you some good word this morning, whether you receive it or not. Before I go much further, you got to determine how it was that you got to midnight. How did you get here where there is absence of light? How is it? That you got where you're at right now where you've lost your vision and you can't see anything. You see, these are st stuff that nightmares are made of. Under the sound of my voice, some of y'all listen to me online this morning. You have been living a nightmare because the devil has been keeping you in bondage. You're at midnight, you're beaten, you're bruised, you're battered, you're in prison, you're isolated, and you're immobile. And I want to know if I'm talking to you this morning, are you tired of it and are you ready to come out of it? Amen? Amen. You see, where you easily can lose hope is where the devil wants to keep you. Where you have no sound but hear a sound of despair, that's where the devil wants to keep you. He don't want you to have any hope in your life. He wants you to be in a place where all you hear is you complaining and everybody else complaining about you. Am I helping anybody? Amen. How many of you this week? And, and see, I heard your prayers, so I know that. How many say, how come, God, this is happening in my life? Oh, Lord, did you say that this week? Amen. Lord, why is this happening to me? Why is my child acting the way they acted? Why is my child at each other's throat? Why ain't I got no money? I'm paying my tithe. I'm going to church. How come does this come this way, Lord? Amen. We don't like to deal with that uncomfortable reality because we don't want to deal with our chains. We don't want everybody to see our chains. We don't want to even look at our chains ourselves. Amen. So what we do is we get up every morning, Jackie, we come into the house of God, we go to work, and we put our mask on. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm blessed of the Lord. Oh, if I did better, I'd be in heaven. I want you to know, church, Jesus didn't come with just his blood. He came with a mirror, too. And in that mirror, he came to see it so you could see the true you.
He can show you all the chains that you can't see yourself. Let the church say amen. amen. And until you deal with all these broken places, you're never going to get to the place of a breakthrough. Until you look at these chains and you deal with these chains, a breakthrough is not coming. You see, I believe you can be in bondage for years and not even realize that you're in bondage. But I also believe that although you've been in bondage all these years, God can turn it on a dime. He's still the God of a turnaround. Let the church say amen. It's time for Living Water Worship Center this morning to finally get their hopes back up. Amen. We talked for 35 minutes yesterday at our house about things that are affecting the spiritual things here in our church. But I want you to know here this morning, I was hearing the Holy Spirit behind me. So listen to all of that there. It's all negative. But at this point, let's come together and let's get our hopes up. Let's begin to believe that our God is still a God of a breakthrough. That our God can still break everybody's chain. That God can still pull us out of the prison house. That God can still bring us out of the inner the, the, the prison. That God can still shake the jailers in our lives and get them to see Jesus. Let's get to the point where we build up our hope to know that there's money sitting out there waiting for us that God is going to release and he's going to turn the wealth of the wicked to the very righteous. Let's get our hopes built back up that God's going to fill every pew in this house and God is going to baptize them in the power of the Holy Ghost and the revival is going to... Let's get our hope up that our God is still the same God that he was yesterday, today, and forever. Let's get our hope up that God is going to rule in our favor. Let's get our hope up that we're going to get our breakthrough right now. Let's get our hope up that God is